You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Heart of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 317. That's also the area code for uh, Newcastle when I was growing up. You know that? It's big 765 now, but back in the 90s, this was the 317 out here. Uh, East Central Area's favorite podcast, Jeremiah Morrill. Uh, today I'm joined by alternate video producer, audio engineer, original button presser, original. OG, uh, Christopher Guffey Staten producer. Yes. Is is Guffy the middle name now? Uh, no, he, he no died hyphen. legally. Don't you remember? We There's no about hyphen. This. But we nope. just we just call you Guffy. Yes. Which we're using a dead man's name. Yes, you're dead naming me. <laughs> <laughs> and my former co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. What are we doing here? Today's episode is the city council candidates for Newcastle City Council, Ward Number Five, Mr. Micah Mattingly and Mark Coger. They are our candidates. Micah is from the Republican Party, and then Mark is from the Democrat Party. Here in town, they're going to be talking to us today about themselves, first of all, their backgrounds and why they want to run for office. Then we're going to talk about economic growth, infrastructure, community engagement, and transparency. And then at the very end of the show, we're going to be asking them if they had the royal scepter and the crown for the day and could make any rule they wanted for the city of Newcastle or take away a rule, what it would be. So if you want to hear that, make sure you stick around until the very end of the show. The show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, we just did 25 minutes on Patreon. We learned how incredibly lucky and yet unlucky I am at the same time. Uh, and Dakota is now a Ford man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jeremiah, I've been driving a Ford since 2017 every day. So, you know, just not my own personal money pays for it. So if you uh, if you join uh, the Patreon at any level, uh, you get to know exactly what we heard, what we did. It's video video conferenced in. Is it a Skype, a Zoom? What, what would you call it? We'll call it live. It's a live stream. It's a live stream. In the super special Facebook group. That's right. Patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty is where you can go to support the show on a monthly level um, monetarily. That is starting out at $5 a month and it goes all the way to $50 a month. We don't care which one you pick, uh, but it does pay the bills for the studio. Make sure the lights come on every week and the internet is paid for and uh, our landlords get paid on time. And uh, we really appreciate all the support over there. We give you access every week to the show notes ahead of time, so you get to follow along with the episode. You know what questions are going to be asked. Um, if we have done research for a show, not really applicable to these shows, but we put in links so that you can see where the sources come from, all of that good stuff. You get access to, like Jeremiah said, the Facebook group that is exclusive for those folks, and then you also get 20 minutes of bonus content every week with our guests. So... It's a, it's a lot of perks, and starting out at $5 a month, 
If you sign up at $50 a month, you get a shout-out at the front of every episode and a plug. Those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana, our favorite Norwex dealer. Mr. Jonathan Phillips, who was on the show last week, uh, our favorite car dealer in the continental United States. And then Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is the trucker that is keeping America going. And we appreciate him very much and all of his service. Special thanks for supporting the candidate series as always. Uh, Wyland's Flowers and Slick Pickle Sanitation have once again stepped up and they are the uh, the corporate sponsor of the Boss Hogger Liberty through the candidate series. Uh, Dakota, they, Dakota put it on his finest camouflage today because of the, the corporate nature of this program. Yes. My finest attire. Best you'll find me in and the cowboy boots. All right. That's enough stalling. Dakota, why don't you introduce us to our candidates and let's get to know them. All right. Uh, let's start off with you, Micah, because this is your first time on the show. So we want to hear from you for sure. Uh, start off, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, education, work experience, stuff like that. Sure. Um, as you said, my name is Micah Mattingly. Uh, I've lived here in Newcastle going on three years. Uh, I own and operate M&M Painting. It's a painting business here in Newcastle. Uh, my wife is a, um, is a uh, teacher uh, at a local school system. Got four kids, ranging from a seventeen-year-old teenage daughter to a seven-year-old daughter, and um, so my background. Uh, I, I come from a very um, conservative family, and we've worked a lot in community service and community aspects. Uh, I was an outreach director um, for uh, a nonprofit for going on seven to eight years, uh, where we worked with feeding the homeless, working with. Um, the less fortunate in the community, creating a liaison between uh, the nonprofit and those that are in need. My education is uh, I went to Indiana University. Uh, although I am a uh, University of Kentucky Wildcat fan, uh, unfortunately I did graduate and go to IU, so uh, I am a Kentucky fan, so that's very weird. Uh, but uh, outside of my education, um, that's where I went to school was IU and I've grown up in southern Indiana, Clark County. We're born and raised. In that Libre. explains the UK nature. Yes, sir. Right there on the border. Uh, they uh, called it Kentuckiana, basically. Southern Indiana, <laughs> Kentuckiana. So we were basically part of Kentucky. So whenever people ask, I basically just tell them I'm almost Kentucky at this point. Yeah. Uh, but it was born and raised. And uh, so here I moved to Newcastle with my family um, and started uh, painting and started attending city council meetings and decided that it was something that I saw that there was – a need for representation um, for the younger families and the younger aspects of their lives, so decided to start running and get involved. Uh, what uh, what brought you to Newcastle? Um, so we come. I come from a blend uh, a blended family, and so we, I wanted to move closer to be closer to uh, my two older children. Gotcha. Okay, so they attend Newcastle High School, so I wanted to be closer. Besides every other weekend, sweet. All right, Mark, remind us. Your background, your history, get, let's, let's get to know you again. Um, lifelong resident, um, grew up here, graduated in 1983 from the high school. I'm old, 58 years old. Um, my wife, Kim, is a manager for Momentum uh, Textiles, which used to be uh, DL Couch Wall Covering. Um, so she's been there for 23 years. Um, I work at a pharmacy. I've been in pharmacy for 26 years now. I worked at a local pharmacy here in town 
for 23 years and um, made a move four years ago and went to work at Anderson Community Hospital in the hospital over there and have been there for four years. Um, I was in law enforcement to start my career. Um, I uh, graduated from the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy in 1990. Um, uh, prior to that, I went to Vincennes University and graduated there with an associate degree in law enforcement. Um, the only time I was away from town, um, I have lived in my ward for my whole life. Uh, I grew up on Rex Court, which is in Ward 5. Uh, my parents still live there, um, same house. I've lived in my house for 26 years. Um, so I've, uh, I've, I'm vested. Um, I've been on council now. This is my, it'll be 15 years in November. Um, I took over, I was, um, there were five of us that put our name in to take over when Louise Pierce passed away. And, um, you know, a lot of people get involved in politics for different reasons. I mean, uh, like Mike just gave his, why he wants to get involved. And um, mine was, um, I, I just had such an admire, admiration for Louise of how she conducted herself on council. Uh, I just wanted to carry that on. And I knew her, her and her husband, Les, really well. And, you know, we were picked by the head of the Democrat Party at the time, just what any party would do at that time. So um, I was chosen, um, served two years of her term out, and then um, ran for re-election and won three times. And that's that's where I'm at now. All right. So... For those for those in the audience, and obviously this is the third the third week where we've done the council show, so I know the audience is starting to uh, starting to get used to it. Uh, the, the questions here they're not they're not new, uh, but for Mark, what impact does the council have with economic growth and small business involvement, and how how can you from the council position help grow the grow the community? We we invest eighty five thousand well it's ninety two thousand dollars a year we give to the EDC. Um, that helps them um, pay employees um, and whatever other aspects they they have. Um, we we have done that ever since I've been on council. Uh, the county does it also. It's supposed to be a fifty fifty split, but the county council I don't know probably five or six years span did not donate anything to the EDC because they didn't have the money to donate. Um, not really donate to give to contribute contribute to um, so that's really our main focus of city council is the money that they would give we have representation on that board um, I served as a, as a board member for in my eight years as I was council president I was the, I was on the EDC board um, EDC meets one month one Thursday a month um, I I went to almost every meeting, maybe missed two or three in, the, in that span. So I learned a lot about EDC, of how it works, and the um, how they recruit businesses to town. Um, we, we as city council, you, you have very, very, very little involvement in that. It's, um, it's the EDC, it's the, it's the landowners, it's, um, and it's the mayor. Um, the, when somebody comes to town, they want to put a business, and I'll just use Boar's Head as an example. 
they cared about two things. They cared about how much water they can get and what's the sewer capacity. That is all they cared about. And we, city council, I mean, we, we can't make that happen. So the mayor, you know, he, he put a plan in place and did it. Um, they, they increased the sewer lines and the water lines out there. Um, they got it done. But that's how, the, when you get back to the question of the EDC, that's how it works. I mean, the only time we have a say is if an ordinance or a resolution is brought in front of us or if we create one. And when it comes to economic development, we just, you know, we'll do anything we can to retain, to get business, but we do a lot to retain, to retain business also. And we have, um, um, you know, uh, oh, I don't want to even try to say the, uh, the yeah. aspect of when the crown comes and they said, Hey, we need, uh, you know, $10,000 in abatement. Um, that's economic development. So, you know, we have an abatement board. We, you know, we're, we go around and um, we, we check to make sure that they're holding up their end of the bargain. Um, Grady did that a few years ago. They, they did equipment, um, $10 million or $15 million worth of equipment. So, you know, um, Lynn produced the head of that and he'll, he'll take his group around and they'll, They'll check and make sure. Hey, do you have have you hired your 150 employees that you said you were going to hire? Um, can you show us the machines that you bought? You know, it's so the, the abatement's another factor. And when they're doing an abatement, they're they're essentially reducing their tax burden. Yeah, and and you catch a lot of heat on 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 council if you give an abatement. Well, we're losing tax dollars. Well, okay, but look at the money you're getting coming in from your employees working there that are paying your low at taxes and your other taxes that are coming in every time. So it, it, it's a, it's a give and take. All right. So Michael, let's hear from you on the, on the small business and the, how you view the council and the ability. If you, if you were to join the city council uh, on the ability to help economic growth in the city. Um, I, I'm, I'm with Mark. I, I agree. The city council is limited on, uh, on certain aspects as far as economic development but it does play a certain role. Um, it, it can play those roles by making sure that when, it's, when a business is deciding to move into to Newcastle or open up in Newcastle, um, that they have everything they need, whether it's supporting them, as he said, with the abatements or making sure that uh, any requirements that they might need as a company moving into the, to the area that, that we offer them. But it's also crucial by making sure that there's not red tape that they have to jump through, that it's very seamless in deciding, hey, Newcastle's where we want to plant our flag and we're going to start our business there and, and kind of just get out of the way, make sure that they have what they need. Um, they, as he said, the EDC is crucial. I mean, if without the EDC, um, I'm not sure we would have probably uh, half of the, the businesses in the um, uh, places that we have here in town. So that's very crucial to make sure that they have what they need. But um, economic development, though, and the growth of those small businesses, we can do that also by um, creating programs to foster uh, entrepreneurs uh, here in the community, some type of uh, matching programs and grants to help those businesses that start up. I know we have BRAP that works downtown for the, the exterior of buildings and the facade. We can figure out some type of programs that help um, new businesses come into Newcastle and get off the ground, whether it's being kind of like a test kitchen, like what they have up in the Fishers and Noblesville area. Um, that would be 
I think that would be um, something that would benefit here in Newcastle for sure. But I, it, for me, in my mind, it's just staying out of the way of the new businesses and the EDC and making sure that they have what they have, they have what they need, and just staying out of the way and giving them the tools so they can be successful in choosing Newcastle. All right, so uh, let's move on here to infrastructure and development. We can start with you, Michael, on this one. Um, the city of Newcastle, we've talked a lot with the city council candidates about um, especially the improvements to, or the rebuilding, I guess we should say, of State Road 3 that's going through Newcastle, which is the main thoroughfare north and south in the city. Um, we've talked a lot about that infrastructure development that's going on, then we've also heard about uh, stormwater, sewer, and all of those sides of the infrastructure game. Do you have any thoughts on what needs to be done as far as infrastructure goes, as far as prioritizing things, and also just um, how we can maintain the character that Newcastle has as infrastructure continues to develop. Yeah, I, I think infrastructure and economic growth are tied together because we can't attract new businesses if that infrastructure is not there. Um, from what I understand, uh, from a current, um, some city um, workers have already gone on record as saying they were concerned about the new um, subdivision being built by the YMCA and the burden that that's going to take on the infrastructure itself already. So finding what those holes are within the infrastructure and plugging them temporarily until we can figure out we're not going to be able to completely build an entire brand new infrastructure. That's going to take millions and millions of dollars. It's going to come from grants and it's going to have to come with um, and decades of work. It, yeah, it, so we have to figure out what we can temporarily fix. I know uh, Aaron Dickens made the comment that it's Frankenstein together. Unfortunately, it's going to have to kind of stay that way until we can figure out a long-term solution. But temporarily, we have to to create that foundation or that economic growth is not going to be there. Some of that growth is going to come from new developments, though, right? Absolutely. Once you once you start building new, you know, three hundred thousand dollar homes is what's going in by the Y. That's gonna that's gonna help pay for some of the the improvements that the city needs. That's some of what the donut counties are benefiting from is that they've got sure. so much new Money. new new <laughs> capital coming in, right? right? But then, but that's a fine line of walking, right? Because then, how much growth can you have before it's a burden on the infrastructure? So that's a tightrope. But as as long as we walk that correctly and we're paying attention, and again, it's just understanding the needs of the infrastructure and what those are. Um, then that's a tightrope, absolutely, that we should walk. And, and adding a little here, then we get, you know, we get that tax increase and, and that revenue coming in from those new homes. And then you build a little here and, and get a little there. Any uh, any thoughts on uh, public transportation in the city? Um, from from what I understand, I don't think that um, I don't think it would hurt to have. Um, are you referring to some type of bus route or some type of yeah, something that I mean, comes anything. into town leaving out of town? I don't think that would hurt. I, I'm not sure how much I know as a business owner. Um, it was very weird to me when I first moved up here and, and learning the logistics of everything and, and trying to hire someone to work. Um, I, I'd interview people and talk to people that lived in Greenfield and Muncie and or even Anderson. Uh, and for whatever reason, they did not want to, to drive to Newcastle because obviously there's Probably better, not better, but there was more choices for them around there. They didn't have to drive here. But we've got people in Newcastle that's willing to drive those distances because they're limited on the jobs. 
as well. So if we offered some type of uh, transit or bus system that helped our workers get to and fro to work at the moment as an entry level into that public transportation, that I can see the benefit of having something uh, something like that available to our employees. You know, the EDC just did a study about a year ago about the number of workers leaving and the number of workers coming in to the county. And, and what was it more leaving, leaving than coming? It, it, it's amazing. It's about equal. It oh, really, really is about equal, but it's amazing of how many people leave. But it's amazing how many people come here to work. Yeah. I mean, it's That's well, Boar's Head and Crown, both and, oh, and Draper and hospital. hospital. There, there's yeah. a lot of folks that that, that school come in system. Distance. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a bunch. Yeah, yeah. you don't I've, think about things like that until you hear from an EDC director. Yeah, of, yeah I guess I hadn't. I can yeah. meet with the same people to Muncie every day I go. Like we, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the same carpool. Yeah, seven something in the morning heading heading to Delaware yes. County. Yeah. as Chris comes down from yep. from Delaware County to Henry as County, goes they, out. My wife and I come in. <laughs> so, so uh, Mark, you, you need an opportunity to comment on the infrastructure. Com- and I know, I know, you I saw you last night at Bundy Auditorium at the in, the big end dot presentation. It was it was eye opening. Um, even though it was brief, it was it was eye opening. Um, our infrastructure is is about as sound as it's going to be. Long term control obviously played a part of that. We're twenty five million plus dollars in debt for a long-term control plan that the state and federal government made us do. That is, that's the stormwater. Stormwater separation. And, you know, I made the that's, comment. That's I, why my I sewer made, bills tripled since I bought know, my house in 2013. Know, it's, it's, not, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I made the comment probably 12 years ago at a city council meeting that all this is going to do is bankrupt a city our size. It's not our insurance deficit that everybody wants to keep talking about. It's the long-term control plan that is going to bankrupt a city our size until the state or the federal government starts handing some money to us. And when I say us, cities our size, our class three cities, we're just going to keep paying and paying and paying, and our children are going to keep paying and paying and paying. But it was nothing. The, the longer we waited, the more it cost us. It It was... We were we were in that neighborhood of when when Jim Small left mayor's office, which I was in there then. We were within weeks of being fined three to five hundred thousand dollars on on a monthly basis of not being of, by not starting that long term for polluting control. the Big Blue River. Well, yes, that's what. But you can talk about polluting Big Blue River, but if you go behind our sewer plant right now, there's a little stream of water coming out it's crystal clear that goes in that stream and it's been that way ever since i've been on council but getting back to the to the base of our infrastructure is it's good it's not great it's not and i every city and town has water main breaks everybody has you know sewer problems i mean it, it's a headache um but it is what it is but i can i want to say one thing about our infrastructure and give a shout out to Dave Barker. That guy is invaluable to the city. Dave is the C- civil works yeah. superintendent. Yeah, he has saved this city right now over millions of dollars when it, through this long term control separation of the water separation sewer. He's on the job sites. He stays on top of it. He's you know he's a construction guy. He knows what's going on anyway. He knows the ins and outs. It's amazing how much money he has saved this city. When 
because it's long-term control. It's, it's, it is, it's 25 to 35 years out of getting this even halfway paid for. And, you know, it, it's on the books. I'm sure Mike, I'm sure Clay's, uh, they've all looked at it of how bad it is and how much we pay every year, every six months we pay on this. So that's, that's our infrastructure. And, and, and it, our roads are pretty good shape. I, I mean, you, you don't drive down too many bad roads in, in Newcastle. I mean, even a few alleys that aren't the greatest. In, in but, the last four years, there's been a lot of improvements on the main thoroughfares. And I understand a lot of it is the long-term project um, paving, but, you know, we're, we're spending, you know, the community crossing grants and things we've had the last four or five years dedicated to it. it it's been huge. Do either of you guys have any commentary on the on the State Road 3 NDOT uh, project? Yeah, real quick, um, Ken Durham's spoke up last night. He's the pastor at the First Baptist Church. He said the most common sense thing that was said last night in two minutes. They want to compare Newcastle to Greenfield. They want to compare nine to three in that stretch. You can't do it for one reason. He said it, access roads. Think about that. You go from Home Depot, Greenfield, down through to Walmart. You can take all those access roads to get there. We have none. Particularly on the east side of the road. So if you're coming to Cherry, okay, you're going south on three, north on three. You pass Cherry Street, you cannot make a left-hand turn off of State Road 3 until you get to Indiana Indiana Avenue. Avenue. So you can't pull into the First Baptist Church, Culver's, Pizza Hut, Hut, Ace Hardware. uh, Ace Hardware. So if, If you're going north or if you're going south, you can't pull in. Which Rose Bowl, the owner of Rolls Bowl is there. You can't pull into Rolls Bowl. You can't pull into the bank. You can't pull into Wendy's. You can't pull into Long John Silver's. I, now, I mean, a lot of those restaurants have access off of Indiana. You, they do. But, right. but, but I don't know if that's how, a city road that may, that's back there or if that's a private road or what right, that is that, but, that, that they have access to. Right? How many, how many out-of-towners right, are going to know that? They will know that, yeah. It, that, there was really great questions brought up last night, and I, I hope – the state takes that into consideration. Yes, we've begged for sidewalks, and you know we, we we've got them. But boy, that that access road was something I never thought about till Ken said that last night. And yeah, part yeah, of the the dividing through the middle that that, that middle sorry that you're middle, doing fine. We'll adjust for you. I appreciate it. That middle median there is, is to stop side collisions. Yes. Correct. So yes. what's that going to do when people start doing U turns, even though we're not supposed to? What, what's going to happen when some visitor just whips around? Fire department that was there last night, they said, what are we going to do? We, we can't make a U-turn here. Yeah. Go down the opposite side of the road. Yeah. So my, yeah. my comment, and I, I, I actually sent a comment in myself to, to, the, to the address the, the, this next morning. Um, and I had, I had some concerns as well. Two of our biggest draws or biggest, biggest community items that we have is we have one of the largest RV dealerships in the state of Indiana. And they have really long campers being delivered oh. and picked up, and a, a state park that's full every weekend. Uh, so those turn lanes better be long enough to accommodate trucks and trailers oh. coming in and out. Um, yeah. I also noted to them that all of those restaurants have delivery trucks that are probably coming from the south. So Culver's, Pizza Hut, Domino's I, all have food delivery trucks that need to have some sort of access in. And if major. you don't have if you don't have a one eighty somewhere for those trucks to turn. That you're setting you're setting yourself up for trouble. 
yeah. and the third, probably the biggest item that I had was that the Henry County Saddle Club, which is seven million dollars in economic impact for the community. You know, they, fifty thousand people come and visit them mm-hmm. a year with trucks and trailers. Mm-hmm. Better be accommodating to them as they come to town and visit, yeah. and, and those guys try to spend money in our in our community. That's a huge part of our food and beverage money that oh, we get as a community. Tremendous is the people that go to Memorial Park and the Saddle Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that, those are the comments I shared with Indot. I don't know yeah, what's going to come of it, but there were a lot of a, good questions last night, and it was it was brief, it was to the point that. You think you know, Indot is in the stages of they're willing to listen to feedback, or have, are, are their until, mind are, is their mind already last made night up? was for for that right? This, and there's so there's a public comment period. Uh, October twenty six. If you go to the Indot website, you search for the Greenfield Subdistrict. Uh, right there under their projects, there's one that says State Road Three Henry County. Uh, you can review all of the drawings, all the plans that they have, and then there's e- an email address there where you can make your comments until yeah. October 26th. And we need to. Everybody. Needs so then to. I guess that's crucial, right? It's a call. It's a call to arms that we need to start making. Absolutely. On a, as candidates and as councilmen, we need to start making sure that people are going and, yep. and making their voice heard on these issues. Every every citizen needs to, and the business owners even more. But they're there. Yeah. Business owners are. They've. There was a great layout there last night, and. You know, when you kind of see it like that and see how it's going to work, it, it really it really open dries a lot more than just hearing about it or listening to it or how you're explaining it. But boy, when you see it, yep. like, how am I going to make this turn? You know, how am I going to do this? Well, and what INDOT realized, I was, I was standing there talking after the fact, they're like, yeah, all of the development, all the outlots that First Baptist Church has sold off in the last four mm-hmm. or five years are not in the photos. Well, and Ken they, Durham said... They, they said, hey, over the last five years, we sold all these properties, and NDOT said, well, our pictures from the sky only update every five years, so those weren't here. Well, so he, in their details, they don't have them accounted for. One was the BMV? Yeah. Yeah, the state put, dropped a new BMV right, in, right sure, inside of that skip space. that altogether. Sure, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the BMV. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you have anything else to add on infrastructure, no, Michael? I'm good. Okay. All right, let's talk about community engagement and transparency. Um, so... Yeah, as we've talked about this, I think um, I always think about um, Aaron Dickin on social media does a really good job of trying to keep people up to date. Um, I think that he's a good example of people using social media, but then there's also other ways that we can try to keep community members engaged. So, Micah, how do you intend to keep residents and especially your constituents involved in your decision-making process? One of the one of the promises that I've made on my campaign uh, for for city council has been that I won't vote on any ordinances or any issues without first knocking or calling um, on some of the can uh, some of the citizens within the wards um, that I'll be five six or ten knocking on their door or picking up the phone and calling them and asking for their input. Um, one thing that I realized when starting out on this is it's not my hopes, it's not my wishes, it's not my dreams. It's we're the voice of the citizens of our ward. We're a representation of our ward. And so if I'm going and trying to enact my own agenda or something that I want to get done and I'm not listening to those people, I'm doing them a disservice. So I wholeheartedly believe that knocking on their doors and speaking with them or just picking up the phone or email – um, getting their input, making sure that we're enacting what they want, um, is is an important part of, of being a civil servant for sure. 
So on the transparency front, I know it, watching your campaign page, you've been vocal about the live streaming in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have some plans around that related to council meetings in, in the live stream. Yeah. So, um, and, and I want to make sure to set the record straight. I know you guys are, are friends with Aaron, uh, Aaron Dickens, but when I first brought that to attention, that certainly was not to, to cast stones or to kind of, you know, make him feel bad and or raise any concern that he's doing something because he's doing something that none of the other councilmen are doing. Um, he's showing up early. He's doing what he needs to do. Um, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, what I hear is when he sat here in on, on one of the episodes that he was here, he said that he had a vision of how it should go. I think he even consulted maybe with someone or you guys uh, of what he needed. He asked for it, and then he did not get what exactly that he had asked for. Um, and then we have another candidate, uh, a city councilman that was here a couple weeks later. He says, you bring that issue up, and he says, well, whatever Aaron wants, Aaron gets. Whatever Aaron needs, we'll get it to him. Well, it sounds like there's a disconnect somewhere in there that he's not getting what he needs. So for me, I don't believe paying someone is the answer. I believe if Aaron can do that job, he's created a book and a binder that shows everybody a step-by-step on doing that. I believe that the other councilmen can step up and figure that out as well. I, I believe that's something they can figure out, and that's just one less. I, fi- I think they said $50 a meeting. I get it. It's, what, $1,200 maybe a year? I know that's pennies compared to what's in the budget, but that little bit here and a little bit there cutting back on cost, it just saves overall. And I believe we can tap into, I think he even kind of mentioned it, tapping into um, the uh, media um, with the school. We can touch base with Ivy Tech. We can bring in um, uh, interns or we can bring in somebody to do it if we need to. Worst case scenario, we have the councilman step up and learn how to run the media and, and save that money instead of just spending that extra that extra money. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know what we used to have the system that uh, the city council is running with right now. It's pretty simple and pretty easy to use, user-friendly. Um, when it works. When it works. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> quality is fine. The audios, you know, when, like you said, when it's working, it's fine. And, and Aaron's doing a great job, but, I mean, he's got a family. He's got kids. Right. He's got responsibilities, and, and he's on other – st- he doesn't have to be saddled with that responsibility when there's other people that can step up and help him. The, yeah, and there's – I mean, there's a reason that it's the system we used to have, right? And we have our renewer system, which is still not world-class or perfect by any means. Uh, but the, the thing is, like, you, you, once you step out of the bounds – of the system that the council is using now, um, gets things, exponentially things get more complicated. quite a bit more complicated. Like I had to send Chris a video today, just explaining how to d- make one simple change that we made. Yeah, and you went not and changed to that. fifty other steps. <laughs> Got to learn. So, so, so Mark- that, I guess that that's kind of my concern is like if if you if they stick with the Mevo system that they have right now. Yes, I agree with you. Just have other people figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, because it's easy. But if the reliability of the system starts becoming an issue when they need to start upgrading equipment and looking into better, more reliable things, it, it's going to fly over the heads of most people, sure. you know. 
And, and so, when we get to that crossroad, cross then absolutely one hundred percent. Then even if if it's over the head, then by all means, let's figure it out. But there's got to be some student at Ivy Tech or some high school student that's just that's their bread and butter is the the media and and working with uh, the electronics and streaming and right. uh, most kids know how to stream and do YouTube right? stuff so they can figure out how to offer them you know community not community service but community hours of of volunteering and, and also getting the benefit of learning how the, uh, a city works yeah it's worth a shot these guess. mark tell us tell us your views on uh i guess transparency if you want to weigh in on the streaming conversation and your experiences well, we've come a long way i mean and i know it's getting ready to become a law to to do that and that's where we were headed um and aaron has done He's the most technology inclined by by, by, by twenty years. By twenty years, <laughs> um, could, yeah, we could learn it I mean, with no problem. We could do it, um, but when you you got to remember, we went through what almost two years of Zoom half the time, so that was all live. I mean, we, everybody was you know. Everybody could, jumped forward into the in, Zoom era. Anybody could have came into our Zoom meetings. We all the, figured that out. The, the, the county so, learned how to not act, not violate open door rules because of Zoom. Because meetings. of Zoom, yes, they, we we yeah. sped ourselves up many generations. Yes, we, in the, on we that did, front. Um, and that was tough. I mean, people don't realize how tough uh, those Zooms were of uh, communication, and um, but we did it, and uh, it, it it was it was it was real tough. Yeah, but, um, they suck. It's it did. It was. It was terrible. So, um, is is there anything? I guess. What's your process? If you have an ordinance come to you, and do you view your role as, hey, the council, you know, the people of the ward have elected you, and your view is what you do? It, you know, you're, it's a representative democracy, and, and Mark Coger does what Mark's going to do, or do you find yourself polling people? How how does most how most, do you or, that? most ordinances and resolutions that come come before us? They, they don't want to be burdened by something like that because they're so small or it's a change of an existing ordinance or resolution. But when, no, when, no crossbows across driveways? No, but when you're dealing with a, you know major um, money of like um, the bond for Garner Street, 2010, so it's been on a year. That, I did not realize how big of that issue that was to put Garner Street in. I know Micah probably doesn't know anything about this, but Garner Street was put in from State Road 3 to 14th Street to make a direct route to the hospital. Because at the time, oh, okay. the route had been eliminated yes. when the when the state hospital went away and the yes. prison was put in. Right. So that you would go from US 36 all the way to, to downtown Bra- Newcastle broad, to get all the way to Broad Street. Yeah. So you're talking gotcha. 10 minutes of life-saving of the ambulance taking life. So that's how it was presented to me. And I did not contact constituents and i probably should have but in all honesty that was probably the worst vote i ever had on city council by far is to bond a street that was i mean when i look back on that it's paid for (laughs) but and it's it's been good don't get me wrong but when the only thing presented to us was okay it, it could save a life you know it's 10 minutes and i just didn't put enough effort into it to you know um, go to my constituents and, and ask people in the public of what they thought. You know, I was getting feedback from only the EMS, only the hospital, you know. But, you know, probably shouldn't have bonded that. We probably should have found another way to pay for that. 
than than to bond it. That's the kind of thing today you try to use community crossings for. We would, yeah, we would have to. Or find an yes. end up fund something. Yeah, and but you know you got to consider when in, in 2010 2011 we were bringing we city was bringing in four and a half million dollars more than we're bringing in right now. <laughs> so put that in your where's own the, put that in your own crazy. budget at home Where, and see how that, that works gone? out for you. <laughs> tell, tell us how what, what's driven that revenue down. The lack of Ta- manufacturing tax caps. You've yeah. heard you've heard it. Senate Bill One tax cap that the state of Indiana put on us, and they're never ever going to relinquish that. It is destroying us. It's destroying our schools. It's destroying our our cities and towns. All if you ask a legislator right now, don't care if he's you know, he's probably a Republican in the state of Indiana. If you, if, you, if you ask them, what can we do to get money for our city or town? They'll tell you, user fees, and and max your max your let your tax levy. We have we can't tax anybody anymore on their property. They're they're maxed. State Road Thirty Eight become a toll road. It's, it's <laughs> no, you got a toll Garner Street to pay for it, Mark. Yeah. Now I, I will say that you and I've had a, I've had a conversation with the the um, the highway superintendent. Garner Street becomes a county road once you get to a certain point. A not, bit, not out, anymore. Out towards State Road Three. The, the only thing is, is the bridge. Right. So the bridge is <laughs> the bridge is the big ticket item that big needs replaced. Item. Oh, yeah. uh, it's in deep trouble. Um, yep, it is. So it's it's going to need replaced. And you know how long it took him to fix the thirty eight bridge? Yeah, <laughs> well, that was that, there were some acts of Buick in that. Um, acts of Buick. <laughs> so in my mind, this is where I know that I'm still new, right? I'm still drinking from a faucet, learning. I'm sitting here learning mm-hmm. some things from you, Mark, and I don't know everything. And I'm sure you didn't nope. know everything until you were in no office. Way. But in my mind, and rationalizing this thing, that's where it's like. That goes back to the um, the streaming of the uh, of the council meetings. Mm-hmm. If that's twelve hundred dollars, I get it. But that's twelve hundred dollars that can be applied to something else that needs it. That's twelve hundred dollars that can go elsewhere. I get it. Money's fungible. Things things can be moved around and, and, and different things. But just in my newbie mind of of looking at city council, it's why spend this money unnecessarily when we're needing these things taken care of and they can be applied to something else. They might not add up to the whole bill, but little small things here and there might add up to that whole bill. I, I think I, yeah. And I see your point. Um, and I, I think also where you're, I see you coming from is just a point, a matter of the, the principle of spending money when uh, we, I mean, we just talked about how, um, uh, much debt that the city has incurred because of the stormwater sewage separation. And so it's just the principle of um, we're going to spend some more money here and there and the worry of eventually, hey, all these things are going to catch up and we're going to be going, yeah. oh, we're going to have to start cutting things. And then you've got a a 18-year-old that's using $50 and you got to go, you want to do it for free? Right. You know? So, so my concern, and I'll, before we move on, but I've I've done a lot of volunteer work with youth organizations over I was 16, 17 years with 4-H and junior leaders, and with a lot of times other groups would be like, "Hey, can the junior leaders help out with this?" They're kind of tapped out as it as it goes. But if you say, "Hey, I, I want to have a you know a college student do it," 
you could have a really awesome college student that you have for six months or a year, mm-hmm. and then they move on to the next thing or they're gone. Um, or we bring Chris. Have you, ever, have you ever tried having a volunteer yeah, podcast producer? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Guffey died legally. <laughs> These, Chris Staten Chris Staten and Zach Bertram are unicorns uh, to is, find them. The, the city uh, of Newcastle that, could not afford Chris Staten to travel to the city of yeah. Newcastle. Be more than fifty, be more bucks. than twelve hundred a year. <laughs> be a little bit. Yeah, you have to cover that thirteen thousand dollar gambling problem. <laughs> that's Patreon. Oh, that's yeah. Patreon. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's uh, you got to pay the premium to know to know that side. That's my. That's my. My glass half empty pessimism side is that I. You could. I mean, I. You know, Grayson Jolson was here here with us and hung out with us last year a bit. And, um, you know, you can find somebody awesome like that um, for six months or a year. But I don't know if you can depend on it long term. That would be my, my concern. That's kind of like back to what we were saying with the Mevo system. Yeah. Just I, I will say that I've figured I, out. The county has started live streaming. And I think a lot of the county council and county commissioner candidates or the those that are elected we're very hesitant to do the live streaming, and now you can tell that they actually all watch the other meeting. You watch the council council meeting today, and they're talking about watching the commissioners the day before. Um, so I think it, it creates a record. So you know, twelve hundred bucks, five thousand bucks, whatever it is that you spend in a year, you're also creating a resource for the other government That's agencies true. to be able to go back and look and watch and. And, and it's invaluable to citizens, the live streaming. I mean, that's how this podcast got started, was us showing up to city council and county council meetings with a camera and a microphone. So it, the just because there was no kind of record, if you go, we talked, um, I think it was last week, about the, the city's website is not great. And going on and trying to find minutes of the meetings when you live in town and just being frustrated and going, oh, I'm just going to start going to meetings. And then we we took the Mevo to the city council meetings, the county council and commissioners meetings, even the Memorial Park Board meetings. We were there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I think that the Indiana law of requiring a recording of the meeting is great. And it's just cities are just going to have to figure it out. Right. Yeah. You know. So tell us, Micah, what, you know. What would your goals be? Assuming you're elected for the first four years, what's the, you know, the top two or three items that that are are your priorities as as a city councilman? So for me, my my top priorities are in and walking my ward and talking with them is um, in our areas. I definitely see that there's an issue with uh, addiction and mental health. Um, I feel that that is very important. That I know there are amazing programs within the community. Um, it, but sometimes they're not so easy to find or, or understand where you need to go or who you need to connect with. So for me, it's making sure that I, we can connect those programs with those that are in need, making sure that those that need the help can find those tools, whether it's when we get the website up and going and it's very easy to access, uh, be accessible, that we can um, get all those tools there Um uh, for the citizens outside of that um, it's just making sure that the voice of the people is heard and it's making sure that I'm transparent through the entire process um, that we're constantly opening that line of communication, whether it's taking Facebook polls or knocking on doors or whatever it may be, but hearing what they're saying and making sure that we're enacting that uh, on city council. 
Um, that and then I know uh, you kind of mentioned it at the beginning that the whole um, uh, insurance deficit and all that stuff that that's a mayor thing. I, I get it that those are things that they're going to have to kind of uh, try to figure out and, and 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 get understanding of what's going on. But for me, it's also all those little fringe things. Don't mean to keep harping on it. But all the little fringe things that we spend on that we may not need to spend, let's at least slow down and maybe take a second look on some of the spending on things that we can start paying off uh, You know what we need to pay off and that we can start applying to certain things. Those are my key issues. It's just making sure that we're accountable to the citizens for our actions, for our votes, and for the money that the tax dollars that we're spending, right? It's not – it's not our money. It's or it's not the city's money, and it's not the mayor's money. It's the citizens of Newcastle's money and their tax dollars that we're being held responsible for, making sure it gets used in the correct manner. And so, um, making sure that through that whole step of the process, that they're feeling like their money is being used the correct way and their voice is being heard is very important to me in that process. All right, Mark. Four years. From now, you get four more years. What's the what are the priorities? We do have to get the insurance paid down, but like it, it is a it is a mayor thing. Um, his budget is his budget or her budget, whatever falls in the class city we are. Um, you know, I, I spoke out you know two or three years ago and and told him he needed to get it under control. Um, we we've had some major major claims uh, through COVID. Um, it's not an excuse. Not trying to make excuses. It is what it is. It's it's in black and white. There's no hiding it. Um, but you know the city does have to look at changing some things. They need to you know. And this isn't a city council person. We we don't we don't control what kind of insurance the city gets. That's usually up to the unions. That's usually up to the mayor. Um, it's not a city council person doesn't say. Well, we need to talk to this person about insurance. No, that's not our job it's it's just not so they need to look at that they they need to look at the rates they pay and and they need to look at health savings accounts and they they there's there's many options out there that they can do to help get that under control but getting back to some of my goals is i don't know if you guys remember or or not i know the podcast probably wasn't in existence but we started getting riverboat money i opened the 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 ledger up one time I'd been on about two years and a year and a half. And I opened the ledger up one, one month and was looking at it. And uh, Jan LaVarnway was the clerk treasurer then. So I'm dating myself again. <laughs> so I, there's a thing in there that says riverboat. It said, ah, I forget what it was. 60 some thousand. So I go to Jan's office. And, what's, what's riverboat? 60 some thousand dollars. She says, Oh, they, they, State of Indiana just sends it to us, and we just put in the general fund, and we can do with it whatever we want, put it wherever we want, spend it however we want. It's a benefit from having casinos at the time down on the down on the Ohio yeah. River, et cetera. Okay. And then come to find out that, well, if if the casinos in your county, you get a heck of a lot more than a county in Henry or Hancock or Wayne or. So getting back to this. I went to a couple of council people and I said, "Did you know this existed?" No, no. And this, these are you know Dickie Hahn who'd been on twenty years prior to me coming on. And 
I said, let's, let's separate this. Let's, let's take that away from the mayor of being able to do with what he wants and let us, let the council have some say of where the $60,000 is going. So we separated that fund. We made a resolution. We separated that fund. It's been separated ever since. The mayor cannot spend it. Jim Small couldn't. Greg York couldn't. They, they, we, we determine how that money's spent, and it comes in front of council on anything that's presented. Well, fast forward a couple more years, and Lowit was passed. We had to have the county vote to, to get Lowit passed. Local option income tax. Local option income tax, which only can be used for emergency services. That's it. Nothing else. We 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 passed a, I forget what it was, a 0.25%, which was about the lowest you could you could get. We get um, about $760,000 a year from Lowett right now, and it's based on how many people work in your, in your community. The county gets about... million a year is what they generate. Uh, And they use it uh, for jail maintenance or jail uh, deputy salaries and things like that, which we use ours for whatever. But when that was passed, I made a point. We are going to keep Lowett separate from the general fund. We cannot have this just go in and let a mayor, any mayor, it's not Greg, it's any mayor, spend this money without council approval. We don't have any say through a budget anyway. So the, the mayors don't vote for this. The council people had to vote for it. You know, county keeps their separate. You know, they've done it for years, and that's why they, they have budget workshops. We, we don't have that luxury to, to be able to do that. So this is our budget workshop is through Lowit. We have give raises to police, fire, and EMS through this. Numerous raises. A, a policeman, when I started, was making thirty-seven thousand dollars a year. I mean that, that they were on welfare. Two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. If they had if they had three children, they were on welfare. That's how bad it was. Fireman, police, or or a paramedic for that matter. So we got them all raised up. We 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 got great equipment now. Our police and fire and our EMS have the best equipment of anybody in the state of Indiana, hands down, no questions asked. And that's based on our load. That's based on us keeping, council keeping that money separate and being able to buy the best equipment available for our, for our workers. So you, you talked about the load side. What about the riverboat money? Where does that get spent? Oh, riverboat is, and you can, you know, you can, I didn't bring my list with me, but we have a separate, you, you can pull it up on the city website of where that river, we do, um, every year we put aside, um, fifty thousand dollars for sidewalks, and if um, if you own a, a, a resident in Newcastle, if you own a house and you want to put you want to redo your sidewalk in front of your house, the city will pay fifty percent of whatever that cost is. So if it costs you five hundred dollars to put a sidewalk in, the city will give you two hundred fifty dollars to finish that sidewalk. You know, to an approved contractor through the city. There's three of them that have signed up to do it. Anybody can gotcha. sign up. So it's thing. It, 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 it's it's like that. It's um, a lot of downtown things. It's um, we've done a lot with um, like Trojan New, Lane, Newcastle Main Street, or city beautification. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, Main Street's uh, of course. Approximately uh, how much is in the, comes from Riverboat every year? 
Um, well, we get about right now. We get about seventy thousand, seventy five thousand a year. Yeah. But we build it up, and right right now, there's probably a hundred and forty, hundred fifty thousand dollars in riverboat funds. So it's um. It, so keep gambling. This yeah. is the story that Mark's telling. Well, it sounds keep, like it. Well, can we build a casino on the Big Blue River? We, it would be awesome if we have a, a John boat out there with one slot machine. We, I'm just saying, the return of investment. You invest in me to come down to the live stream. I go to the river boat. The money comes back to you in another way. Jerry Walden would have his intersection at 103. The Jerry Walden <laughs> Memorial Interchange would get built yeah, at State Road 3. It, one, it, yeah. The, the Blue River Coast Guard would have a would have a boat in the moat to defend. Yeah. So... <laughs> With that, with that money, that's and Mike is right. It, it does. It, it seems you know twelve hundred dollars doesn't seem like a lot, but when you when you're doing nickels and dimes, but that's one reason we kept that that fund separate. It wasn't to make ourselves look good. It's it, it's when somebody comes and needs something that we got it. You know, um, early childhood development for Hope Initiative. I mean, I can go on and on of, of things that we've done over the the course of that time to. To better the city, and that's, that's a, that the mayor can't afford to pay out of a budget. So the big question is, if you are king for the day and you get to change one thing about city government. Or take it away. Or take it away. Change, change would be either or. What would Mark Coger do? <laughs> I, I, I would combine the fire and EMS. The system. but. Hmm. Absolutely. Because right now there's a, there's a big controversy yeah. around EMS there, and, and private transport, et cetera. I, 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 that that would be my main goal. But I again, I'm only I'm only a voice. I'm not the mayor. I don't have that power. Um, but that's what I would like to see. Other communities have done that. Shelbyville that they, they all do. Anderson does it. Muncie does. They all do. Yeah. Yeah. It would run a lot smoother. We would get more bang for a buck, and we would have cross train personnel. I mean. It's it's long overdue. All right, King for the day, Micah. What what is your project? What are you what are you changing? What's what would happen? So for me, the um, I think young people and the youth of this town are are very important. I know that we have the skate park, uh, but that it hits home to a certain amount or, or a certain style of teenager or young person that's into those types of things. I would love to see something downtown or, or something by Baker Park that really gave an atmosphere for students. Uh, in my hometown, they're doing what they call uh, a team depot, and it's basically an outdoor area uh, where it's teens can come. It's free Wi-Fi. It's um, computers that are accessible, and it's kind of outdoor um, environment, but it allows them to come and, and have a safe space for themselves to come and be with one another um, for those. We have a skate park and a, a big art um, activity center in, in my hometown. And so um, there's just certain kids that don't want to take partake in those activities. So I would love to see a shift in thinking somehow and realizing that our young people are very important. I know that there is a uh, – I talked to a couple people that keep mentioning public safety for – um, the young people and that there's been some outburst and, and some actions by young people in the parks with guns and knives and different things. It's just providing a sense of a safe space for them so that uh, we can look out for them and, and, and grow them. You know, we live in Newcastle on purpose. This is where we live. 
and I want to live here. I want to play here. I want to eat here. I want to spend my tax dollars here. I don't want to have to go someplace else for my teenage kids or my children to enjoy activity. So I know we have a great um, parks department. We have uh, some great facilities, but uh, I believe there's an area of teenagers that we could really focus on and give them that attention that would be beneficial for them. So help, help educate me a little bit, because I, uh, Cameron Grimm mentioned something similar about a, some sort of a gang issue in Baker Park when he was on with us a, a couple weeks ago. Um, you said there's a gun and a knife. Is this, is yeah, I know there a- were shots fired. Um, at the last council meeting, there was an issue where um, that lady came and she was complaining about the unmarked vehicles being parked in the middle of the street. Um, and it was due to shots fired near the park. Um, I know that my wife personally has gone out there and um, has found needles and used uh, adult items that are out there. Um, and it's just not that it's not a clean, safe place. Every Everything happens, and, and I understand things can happen and, and, and all that. Um, but I, I've, I've got – I can show you on my, uh, my messenger. There's two or three people that are – specifically asking what are my plans or what what are some ideas that I might bring to the table uh, and it's got me thinking about public safety and their concern you know they say they listen to the scanner and they hear that this young person and what was it just six months ago out on a avenue there was a a young person shot someone in the middle of the night don't know the details of it um, so for me it hits home with my teenage children that uh, there needs to be a safe space for them we need to make sure that we're looking out for them uh, providing, um, there was a teenage, the, at the high school, one of the guidance counselors had told me over dinner, uh, our family was together that Henry County leads in, uh, among suicides in all of the counties in, in the state of Indiana. Uh, and when, when was, when was that? I've never heard of a teen suicide in Henry County. Not a teen. Just, I, I said the suicide in general, not teen, but oh. they said that it was, I'm, Talking about teens, oh. and then also I, I brought up the suicide in oh. specific because she was well, a guidance counselor. Yeah, the, she's a guidance counselor that gave me that statistic. Oh. And so in discussing with her, she had mentioned that she sees a lot of you know depression and anxiety among these kids and a lot of things in that – and her hopes and dreams were that the city would begin to provide resources or get in touch with uh, programs that would be offered to young people and to the future voters of Newcastle. Mark, any comments or thoughts or input on the on the parks or youth violence and the issues our, that might be surrounding that? Our park board is second to none. They've done a great job of um, facilitating their money, um, even with staying within their budget. Um, but they they also just got a bond um, th- this last year and created a lot of new things. Um, I know the they do. Cameras are coming. Yeah. yeah, they. That'd they, be well. I know the, the electricity's been ran for it, and I know um, um, the, the company's ready to put them in at any time. Uh, Mike Burke would be the one to to talk to on that. But you know, also the, the the parks have incorporated all the parks plus the armory, um, so you know they're they're taking care of that also. And you know, the armory is getting cameras. Uh, no, oh. but. Oh, you're the, the parks park incorporated okay. in that. They're all under the same umbrella. They they do have cameras there, but you know that was another thing in, in, that I, that was sprung on us by uh, Mayor Jim Small. Is he showed up at a council meeting one night and told us we just bought the armory for one dollar. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good price. You're talking about transparency. Yeah, really? We did. Awesome. <laughs> what am I going to do now? <laughs> so that's been a, a major headache to uh, try to, to get around to. To find a purpose. To find, right? oh, find a purpose. And uh, the administration's done a really good job you know, of that. It's and, right around Halloween. I've been in that armory basement, and it's probably one of the creepiest places in a, Henry County. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's utilized, though. I mean, uh, it, it is. It's, I'd love to see the armory used as um, – they talk about the homeless ri- homelessness rise that's happening within our streets mm-hmm. on those that. on that winter weather advisory or cold nights. I'd love to see the armory open up as as a station. Um, I, I, I for, know um, the old YMCA has done that before. Yeah, I, I know they've done that. Um, it's the Henry Ta- um, uh, Township, Township Trustees Office. Yes, yep. Sorry, yeah, the old YMCA. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Where they used to swim naked in 1940. <laughs> like a dating himself. Like, just like the Greeks. Uh, I've heard some stories about that pool. Uh, I swam in it when I was a youth, uh, but I was born I, I was I, I was I was born naked. Uh, I was I was born I, I was born the same year Mark graduated high school. So uh, my youth is about 20 years after. Um, all right, so let's let's work our way into final thoughts here. This is where we uh, one we encourage candidates to uh, to ask for money because these yard signs aren't free, billboards aren't free, the uh, the door to door knocking, the materials aren't free. So you can you know you can ask for help for your campaign. I know you've got about a month left before before you go, but also to clean anything up. If there's there's issues we left out, this is this is your chance to to make a pitch. So we'll start with you, Micah. Yeah, um, anybody willing to, to help or make a, a contribution, please just visit my Facebook page. There's a link to donate there. Um, if you're interested in door knocking and, and um, getting to know the residents in wards 5, 6, and 10, um, definitely leave me a message and someone from my, my team will reach out. Um, to, I don't have anything to wrap up, but just to kind of echo, you know, the, the reason why I got in is because I – I, I know Aaron Dickin has a family, and um, he's got young kids. Um, but for me, I would love to just see a, a wider representation um, of the younger generation and the young families, blended families, uh, that on city council. Uh, I believe the way that it's made up now, Aaron's the only one that has little kids that are in the school system. Um, I would love to see more representation, um, a, a younger generation of people that are willing to become the next leaders and serve on city council for as long as, as Mark has and, and Rex and the rest of them. There is a generation of young people that are coming up that want to be the leaders. Um, we need the guidance. We need the help from those that are here. Um, but I would love to just see uh, more people get involved. Um, most importantly, I just want to be the voice uh, of the ward, making sure that they're they're heard and not left out and left behind. Awesome. Um, and you're still doing some door knocking? Yes, sir. Volunteer Absolutely. opportunities? Yes, sir. Yep. Just give, shoot me a message on my campaign page, which is uh, Mike and Madeline for Ward 5. And uh, we'll be getting together um, on the weekend for the next couple weekends. And then uh, a couple weeks leading up to November 7th, it'll be every night. We'll even start a, um, a phone bank and an email, uh, email blast as well. Very good. Producer Chris Staten. Yes, sir. A uh, couple things. I obviously, I want to thank you each for running. Um, I had a failed attempt four years ago. Jerry Walden beat me out. Um, so I tried. Younger person did try. I was so bitter about it. I moved to Delaware County. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, yeah. Oh, you just got married. Well, yeah. Well, I was just about ready to get married, and so we needed a house. Um, and Newcastle didn't have anything that met our requirements. <clears throat> Maybe you guys can fix that. Besides $350,000 houses <laughs> that <laughs> two average Americans can afford, right? So, uh, But, yeah, no, that's really all I have for you guys. Um, just thanks again for running. I know it's a lot of work. I do not – I mean – you have any questions for him? This is your chance, man. They're not going to represent me. They can't fix anything in Daleville. All I know is in Daleville, I'm allowed chickens. <laughs> oh, I knew it. <laughs> so, come in somewhere. Almost made it. Almost. Almost made it all the way through. Almost, but no. Mike, are you a pro or anti chicken candidate? More research required. This is, is your toughest question yes, of the night. To, I'll need to consult with my constituents before answering. You're going to pull them? You're going to pull them? Man, oh no, man. No, I would say... Um, it is a political race. You know, race. here's the deal. Um, my wife, she's an amazing cook, but I would say chicken's on the menu most nights. So if I have to pick a side, I would say I'm, I, I'm anti-chicken. No, no chickens in the backyard. No, sir. No backyard poultry. Terrible what, if, what if that identifies as a parakeet? Because <laughs> those are legal. You can have a parrot. You can have a parakeet. But still you, farm animals. You right? can't have a chicken. Just the government for you, man. All right. You're welcome. If you keep the chicken inside, like you do the parakeet, maybe. Well, Mark. sign <laughs> Oh, I do. I, I will say I'm proud that you both have your paid for by on your signs. That's one thing that I I have yeah, very particular disclaimer. Sti- it's all it's a law. Chris, you'd be surprised. The local legend reporting <laughs> signs a few years ago. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I made uh, quite a few candidates mad. A lot and of like, stickers are printed. This isn't legal. Fifty dollar fine every time, buddy. <laughs> so I already, I already listen as a former constituent of Mark's. I already know his answer on the chicken question because I pestered him about it for years. <laughs> I heard he softened on it. It sounded like to me. If it comes, can, if it comes I can, forward, I can be if, if it comes <laughs> forward again, he requires a bucket of chicken, a dozen eggs, and he's he can he will vote it, for the chicken. It just took me leaving. <laughs> and the ordinance has to be ordinance B H O L dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever we, it is, can we could, yeah, we could do that. Well, you know, but Dakota's got some co-greening too, so you know. <laughs> yeah. it's true. All right, so Mark. Uh, anything to plug? You don't at the door to door thing. Uh, you, you, it, yeah. Oh sure. Um, yeah, that's that's the political way. You know, I tell everybody, I'm not a politician. Period. Not, I'm not. Man. I I am not. You're, I, you're, I, your, your political career has lasted longer than some people went to high school. I know. I, I work. For, <laughs> I work for a living. Politicians don't work. Mm-mm. They don't. I I live here. I I, I shop like I shop here. I, everything. And I'm a friend and I'm a neighbor. And if you've got a problem, you know where to find me. And, and, that's, what, and that's exactly the way city council should work in, in any town. You should know who your city council people are. And, you know, and everybody has said it forever, no matter where you live. I'll help you no matter where you live. You don't have to live in my ward to, for me to help you. I'm a voice. And that is exactly what a city council person should be. At, at all times, you should be accessible. You should people should know where you live. Um, 
and if they got a problem, they'll come to you. And and believe me, over fifteen years, it, that happens. Do, and, do you um, find any trouble having a visible address on Main Street? Uh, no, it's. <laughs> but you know what the best part of living on Main Street is is or when cons- people come from the city and they want a twenty mile an hour speed limit sign put in front of their house, and or a stop sign or and I say, can you kind of sit on my front porch for twenty minutes? You know, and just see how fast people go by my house. Yeah, and, that's uh, going to do you a lot of good. And, you know, I, I've learned you, you'll, you'll become a traffic expert on city council. Um, <laughs> people come to this town. Corey Murphy's told this story many times. They'll come and he'll take them a tour of the city and they'll say, boy, there's a lot of stop signs in this town. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, so there's things like that. But, um we could work on to uh, make the flow of traffic a little better and, and, and to keep the flow going. <laughs> Shit. I mean, you guys, you guys, <laughs> took down, you guys took down all the stop stop lights and added more stop signs last year. Yeah, That was awesome too. <laughs> that was yeah. great. That was great. Have you thought about yield signs? No. <laughs> no. If we had room for a roundabout, we would probably just put one in just to say we had one. <laughs> But there's no room. You might contemplate it before State Road Three happens because I got a feeling mm. Indiana Avenue and and State Road and uh, Main Street are getting ready to get really, really busy. Really, really busy. Really busy. And we know it, Bundy. I mean, no, they're all going to, and that that is going to be such a pain. And, it, it, and you know, it, the political class will helicopter in and out, but, but the, us us working folks are going to have to drive on these roads. But we mm-hmm. we talk about it. But can you imagine this? We need so much sympathy for those business owners to try to survive down there. Um, It's going to be really, really tough for them over a 24-month period, Yeah. no matter what business they own. Yeah, there is a a legitimate storm coming for anybody that's – not the corporate types, but the – if you're operating an independent business, a, yes. a, a hair care place, an independent small – the park restaurant, Temptations, all of those folks are going to have – they are going to have a storm coming for sure. That's why I like the idea, whether it's Clay Morgan or it's Greg, I like the idea of having some type of business coalition or some type of those pe- those businesses there on three having the ability to have an open dialogue and talk to try to figure out the next stages of work within DOT to try to work the next stages so that – If they'll listen. Yeah, but if e- even listen. if not just communicating within DOT but just as businesses trying mm-hmm. to understand what the needs are going to be so that we can help one another – as residents as a, and as business owners trying to find solutions around once NDOT does what they're going to do, then how how can we supplement that and figure out how we can best fix the situation best for our businesses? May I have a question? On the on the three median, is it going to be grass? Concrete curb. Concrete. Six inch. Mm-hmm. I got a 2010 Tundra. I ain't worried about the median. It's going to be real embarrassing when you high center that thing. I ain't worried about it. The whole town drives by and just laughs at you. <laughs> I'll be like, Hello. Didn't that guy run for city council? <laughs> I'm just going to start tearing it all up. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I don't live here. Uh, you know, I would like to say one thing. Um, you know, Mike had talked about you know the young people and uh, to be young, and I get that. I, I'm getting up there, but I'm still engaged in my community. You know, I, I have my grandson now. has just started kindergarten. My my both my children live here. Um, I, I'm pretty engaged with. The young people, I, I still, 
you know, referee, you know, junior high, high school basketball here. I see the kids grow up. I interact with them a lot. I, I'm not as hip as probably some people, but, um, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I also will tell you that no matter what happens, make sure people stay engaged in the community and get young people involved. We ask for it all the time. And any time there's meetings up there, it's always, get the young people involved. Get the young people involved. Well, it's easier said than done, and it's hard. But um, stay active on it and, and keep people coming no matter what. Mark says he's old, but he's still 30 years too young to be president. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota, you got any final thoughts for me? I do. I don't. We never formally announced or made a post or said anything on here, but like two months ago, we started live streaming to YouTube as well as Facebook. And I know that there's like a, a couple dozen people that have figured that out on their own, but we've never have made an attempt. But to, if, but if you're anti Zuck and want to be Team Google, you can just get this thing up on the YouTube, right? And on it the stays YouTubes. there. Um, it stays there, but if you go to the page, YouTube is a different thing with um, lives and what they do videos. If you click on our YouTube page, you will not see the most recent live. You will see the most recent video. You have to click the live streams tab, and then you will see all of the most recent live streams. But yeah, we never. I I thought about it yesterday, whenever I was looking at our YouTube channel, and I was like, we never announce. That we were on, we were live streaming to YouTube now. We just so, quietly did it. Yeah. It's a, what they call a soft rollout in the business. Uh, special thanks again to our uh, our commercial providers, uh, Wyland's Flowers and Slick Pickle Sanitation for uh, for helping us out with the uh, with the candidate series again this year. Uh, it will continue next week with the clerk treasurer race. Uh, first time we've done that, so we have a contested clerk treasurer race. Really exciting time for the city of Newcastle where you have – four years ago, there were three contested races in the entire yep. city. Uh, and now you have up and down the ballot, you have – people have things to vote for and opportunities. And uh, hopefully these conversations over this seven- or eight-week period are uh, are good for the community. And I, I know it's – I know Mark is benefiting from having Micah to run against. Uh, you know, and Otherwise, he'd get a free pass and there would be – you know nothing, nothing would happen here. So um, – just like Aaron Dickens. Yeah, Aaron Dickens and Mike Guffey just get no to one's, you know, no one's even rubber stamp of approval. Dude. Nobody nobody has to do nothing. Jeez. Um it's, this is this is good for the process. It's, it's good for the city, and I'm I'm glad you guys are both here and appreciate you being in the building with us. So thank you for having me. Yep. Um, with that, we will uh we'll see you next week.